episode 262 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is your Sunday edition. I'm Paul Spore. Joined, as always, on Sundays by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going, man? I'm actually pretty frustrated. Um, Twitter has been driving me nuts because there's so many freaking know-it-alls on Twitter lately. Oh, no. Know-it-alls on Twitter. I've never seen that before. I mean, I was reading through some Twitter, and there was some dude that said – that the Jays were pretenders, uh, and you know because they keep losing these one-run games, they have no shot at winning the division or making oh, the playoffs. I, no, I heard that tool. That guy. There was some other. There was another tool that said that you know David Price has struggled against the Yankees for the last almost two full seasons, and has done jack against them. And then David Price went out and shut the Yankees down yesterday, which is not terribly hard because the Yankees got shut down again today. Uh, that, um, and that guy, um, I follow him. His name is Hassan Kulat or something. Hassan Kulat. That's exactly I, I think what his that's name his is. Name. You Hassan don't... Kulat. And he's married to Denise. 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 You you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Listen to every Tom, Dick, and Harry on Twitter there. You're obviously referring to yourself for those that don't understand. Yes. Um, and, you know, your point. At the time, you know, we we didn't agree on on Toronto, but but your point was still valid that they'd had all the one run foibles uh, similar to Oakland. To be honest, it was looking you know painfully similar, except for the fact that they have what a ninety run uh, difference on the differential that helps them kind of escape it. Whereas uh, you know Oakland, they're they're plus thirty five, but uh, I think it's plus one thirty or something for for Toronto right now. That's why they're ten games better, and they've improved the bullpen too. You know I think Mark Lowe and even Latroy Hawkins were solid additions. Osuna's pitching well. Uh, Sanchez is back in the role pitching well. They're playing brilliantly. They stopped that locomotive that was the Yankees offense held them in a what one run was it two shutouts and, and a single run this yeah, it was a solo home run by two by uh Teixeira was the only run the Yankees scores all week after scoring 90 runs in 10 games they if anything, scored four we have seen that if, because of the <laughs> way baseball have, works I mean, when's the last time I mean baseball is a game of swings it's anything but linear but yeah. good god how do you go from scoring 90 runs to a Jays staff that you know hasn't That's exactly been rock solid, but then again, they didn't face Drew Hutchinson this weekend, so that, oh, that would have been a free ten runs. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. Because <laughs> Drew Hutchinson in a road game in Yankee <laughs> Stadium, no, thank you. No, um, yeah, I'm obviously kidding with regards to uh, having to expect it, but uh, you know, whenever a team is running that hot, they usually come down at some point. But like you're saying, you don't expect them to go literally to the other end of the spectrum. They were as high as they could get, and then this weekend was almost literally as low as you could get save that one home run by Mr. Uh, Mark to share there, but fitting that it would be a, a home run from him or a rod really, because those two have just been driving that offense. So I think the Yankees will be fine offensively, but this was a great statement series for the Jays. It doesn't win them the division or anything like that. These two teams still have 10 games. So Yankee fans, I know you're freaking out after this. I wouldn't I wouldn't get too freaked out. I do think that the Jays are, are coming and they're going to be there all year. The Yankees are going to have to fight for their spot. But uh, you always knew that once they went out and made those moves, did Toronto, uh, that it was going to be tough for them. What did you think? Did you get a chance to see Luis Severino's debut? You know, and I talked a bit about it. I want to get your thoughts. Were you able to see I saw him? a little bit of it? I saw a little bit of it. Uh, I was actually in Lambeau Field eating dinner uh, at oh, a wow. new restaurant they have inside Lambeau Field, which was called uh, – Kitchen 1919. So if you're in Green Bay area, highly recommend it because it is open, obviously, all year round, uh, even though football's not open. Uh, but it was excellent. So I was watching. I didn't get to hear the audio and watched a few innings of it. Uh, I liked what I saw. Clearly looked a little nervous out of the gate. But uh, and then he the I missed the, the home run pitch. I missed yeah. it. But uh, I was in the bathroom. I came back. I'm like, oh, he must give it up a home run. Uh, but I like you could see. I mean, that's that's their that's their trade deadline acquisition. So he's got to he's got to work for him. And, and that's what they were going for. And so far, it looks so so far so good. We'll see if, if he can hold up and be a contributor the whole time. Let's jump in a little bit of uh, uh, kind of news stuff. We got an injury to talk about. Some guys doing well, and then I want to talk about some guys who are are succeeding, who are likely to be available for folks tonight as they do their waiver pickups in a lot of leagues. And get your take on them. Let's start with the Jose Fernandez bicep strain, though. And uh, you know, 
that this is not why I said to sell him, but I was advocating moving on him because he he was probably at, at what I thought was a peak for him. I didn't think injury was necessarily going to be the thing that slowed him down. Just that you know Tommy John uh, returners usually have a, a, a lull at some point. Well, this is obviously turning out to be more of a lull. He reported some shoulder soreness. It turns out to be a bicep strain. He's going to the the, the disabled list. Where are you at with Jose Fernandez right now? I was with you last week or we said trade him. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, we, we said there would be some decline for him. Wasn't expecting an injury like this, but, you know, this is, uh, this is exactly what you kind of have to expect. Yep. That, it, it's, it's definitely within the, uh, you know, scope of things that can happen. It's unfortunate, but uh, it's where we're at, you know, and it's just something that, that the risk is always heightened. Uh, it's not that any you know any pitcher can get hurt. Your, your most rock-solid guy who's taken all of his turns, pitching brilliantly for you this year. I'm not going to name names. not trying to hex anybody. But um, that guy Correct. can obviously go down on any single pitch as well. But you're adding risk when you have guys like Matt Harvey and Jose Fernandez coming off of Tommy John. And that's why I think you got to be careful with them. So, you know, you got a nice little burst there. What was it? Six pretty excellent starts from him. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he threw his last pitch in 2015, to be honest, they're going to be yeah, I'd shut him down. cautious. I mean, yep. Yeah. You got to think about the long-term potential here. Shut his butt down. Completely agree. Let's, let's move, shift over to cargo uh, because he continues to rake. Carlos Gonzalez had a, I think a pair of homers today, uh, four for the week. You know, he's had, he's had some huge bursts here where he has just looked like the vintage cargo, you know, another two homer game here on the road. I think that's been two of them in, in the recent, you know, couple of weeks. I think he had a two gamer, uh, in, in Wrigley as well. So now, you know, we always talk about Carlos Gonzalez specifically as somebody who doesn't hit as well on the road and it's, it's in the numbers, it's the truth, but now he's showing some success on the road here. Uh, 25 homers on the season, a 281 average and 881 OPS. He's been amazing. Where do you stand with him though? Is this someone that you're ready to trust again next year? When, when you go back to the draft table, uh, are, are you just watching it from, from afar and, and keeping an arm's distance? But, but, but his light up protection went away. How is he oh, doing that's, this? That's true. That's, that's a bummer. We didn't consider that. His how is he, how is is he doing this? There's no light up protection for him. It all went away. Arenado is is the sole protector. He wears a uh, Secret Service outfit when he. By the way, uh, with the with the stat line today, over the past thirty days, Carlos Gonzalez has a five thirty seven weighted on base average. He has surpassed what? Joey Votto five thirty seven weighted that's on base. That's unbelievable, especially you know. It, I don't. I, I'll choose my words carefully. It's almost more impressive than Votto's. Because Votto kind of has that one way that he really does it, uh, that really enhances it when he goes on a run like that with the walks, and and it's a skill and it's important. I'm not even trying to diminish Votto. I think I've made it clear how much I love Votto on this show. I don't have to, uh, uh, you know, stress that too much. Wasted but pick. Wasted for Car- pick. it was a wasted pick. That's true. But for Cargo to be doing it, you know, he's not a huge walker. Uh, 10% over the, over these last 30 days, 31% for Votto. So he's doing it with with the force. He's doing it with the high impact damage. So for him, for Cargo to surpass him like that, that's really impressive for me. Um, okay, so pacing right now. If he, and, and here's another thing too. He's playing. He's healthy. He's on pace for 152 games for Carlos Gonzalez. What? When's, when's the last time he reached that? Um, if he if he continues at this pace, we're talking about 37 homers and hilariously only 92 ribbies. Um, but if he does reach the 30-something homer plateau, not even just not even 37, let's just say gets into the 30s, is he a top three round pick for you next year? Yes. And what happens if he moves stadiums and says and let's say goes to neutral or 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 plus for hitter? So basically anywhere that isn't strong negative, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to AT&T or Petco or something like that. What if he goes somewhere else? Are you still capable of trusting him big time? I mean, yeah, because if you look at this current batting line right now, 283, 37, 540. So maybe you knock a little bit off the slugging percentage and maybe but the batting average take away last year. And this 280 is the lowest he's had batting average in his career. And last year was injury. Marty only played 70 games and he hit 238. But, you know, he's hitting 280 right now. Every other season's been up. So you knock some batting average off and knock a little bit across the board. But I still think overall this is still a stat line that's worth a top at worst fourth round. And I know the track record sucks for the injuries. But in this day and age of, off- of offense and think Gotta about it, though, it with his contract. 
there's only so many places he's going to go. That's true. That's true. Uh, that, that, that's another great point. And, you know, the thing of it is uh, we've worried about these guys before when they leave Coors and say, oh, well, they're not going to hit when they're gone. You know, how, how's that working out for Matt Holliday? Obviously, it's only been, what, 11 games for Troy Tulowitzki. He's not having any problem. And I know that Cargo has home road splits that are severe, but a lot of guys do. Almost everybody hits better at home in general. So he would still likely be a high-quality asset at home and then, you know, solid to maybe a little bit below on the road. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm coming back around on Cargo because he was somebody I was – Far from this year. I had zero Same. interest. And, he, he's uh, due $37 million over the next two years at age 30 and 31. Not not terribly prohibitive, but it definitely does take him out of the price range of quite a number of teams. Then again, when Atlanta is trading for a $15, $15 million Nick Swisher, who knows? <laughs> uh, when you look at this, I mean, two-year contract, I, I hate to – it's really tough not to see the Yankees really try to get involved here with Carlos how Gonzalez during the winter meetings. Oh God. During the win- I mean, how, how, when you look at what they've, it's really tough. I know it's usually, Oh, hi guy making a lot of money. Let's go sign him. But you know, it, it works that the only problem is they've got $15 million tied up in Carlos Beltran yeah. as well. So, but if, if, if cargo needs to get traded, the, the Rockies aren't contending next year. So go cash him in, cash him in, go get some stuff out of him. And for fantasy cycle, let's hope he ends at at least a neutral ballpark. Oh man, New York would, that would be hot. That would be, New York would be really, sick. really nice. Uh, let's jump over to Chris Davis, Chris with the K. Uh, he's been, he's been crushing it lately, having a really nice uh, week specifically, but, but also just, just hitting well overall of late uh, four homers, 12 ribbies this week. He's kind of getting back into a flow. He was down some time on the disabled list. Chris Davis is somebody who, you know, I think everyone kind of knows his limitations. He's not a superstar, but he's one of those quality, uh, you know, kind of third, fourth outfielder types, depending on on your league size. Maybe if you really stacked up on outfield, he could be your fifth outfielder in a league, which would obviously be great. Um, But where do you stand on him? We're starting to see some of that power return. This is his nice first uh, first real run of the season after getting out of the gate at a decent clip. I've always liked Chris Davis. The pop has been there. Like you said, we know what his limitations are, but this is a guy that uh, he's got the power. He's going to play every day. He's not going to lose playing time. And I'd throw him in my lineup. I have him in one league and he would be in my lineup the rest of the season. Same here because he hits up in the lineup as well. Yeah, Two homers today, one off Lackey, one off Broxton. Uh, again, continues that hot week of his. I think they're going to play him. There's no reason not to continue to let him develop a bit. Uh, he's a little bit of an older, you know, I, I hesitate to say it's not really a prospect anymore. He's got full seasons under his belt. But um, I like Chris Davis. I continue to think that he's one of those solid guys. And, you know, he's 27 this year. I think I think there's still maybe a, a, a one spike year for him where he's in the, you know, maybe low 30s for homers one year. I, I don't know when it's coming, but I think before he turns 31, we could see see a season like that so he's a guy i'll continue to bet on i think he'll have one one big year where he puts it all together and then kind of go back to what he is which is a 2070 kind of guy over a full Mm -hmm. season um let's talk about somebody and i give you credit for him a lot and i'm going to continue to because it was really really good and you weren't just tepid on him saying "Ah, he's all right You, you liked this guy you you were saying this is a guy to get based on pretty small sample of of high quality work and it was josh donaldson this is a long time ago that that you bought in it was a a close to a season maybe the 2012 season where he had some big run in the in the late season september area that you noticed and then got going again uh early that year and you're like you know what this is somebody i like uh, you know, kind of a non-prospect anymore because of the way he was, you know, moved around and, and at what, catcher to third base, I believe is the path for Donaldson. Either way, you Correct. were on, on board early. I, and I want to say it was after the 2012 little burst to end the season for that 2013 season. And he's obviously emerged into a superstar. He's gone from, you know, hit the ground running as a star to now being a superstar. Not young. He's he's 30 years old. So he's he's, he's in his prime. He's completely in his prime hit another home run today where are you taking josh donaldson next year in the first round i know it's first round i'm asking how <laughs> yeah first round because <laughs> i mean i i i always i had him as a i wouldn't have cared i wouldn't have been angry at somebody for taking him at the back end of a 15 teamer in the first Which is round. what we almost did in labor yep 
yep, we, we, we considered uh, trying to do that. But um, so I, I was fine with that. So second round was easy for me. So now I think obviously he moves into the first round. How high for you? Mm, top eight. I think I think that I can definitely get behind that. I'm trying to think of how high. I mean, the piece that I wrote was back in 2000. When I talked about it. I remember drafting him in a lot of places in 2013 because he had the, you know, he had been he had been up early to start the season. Didn't awesome. have a walk. You know, didn't walk at all. 100 plate appearances was just horrendous. Yes. And then they sent him down the AAA. Then he came back up and then he started, you know, then he started taking his walks and he started, clo- you know, closed out well. And I remember taking him in multiple places in 2013 uh, and saying, hey, there's something here. And then this yep. year we couldn't shut up about him because we're like, oh, my God, he's switching ballparks. This oh, is going to yeah. be so amazing. Please that, get him. <laughs> we were. And, uh, you know, that was a, yeah. that was a full bandwagon of getting him on, on Toronto. I'll, I'll freely admit. But we were definitely fully on board that his his power was already playing in Oakland now you're putting him in Toronto that's that's trouble that's superstardom right there yeah I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at the history of uh it was eight bombs to from August August and September of 2012 and and, and it, two completely different samples you mentioned the 100 plate appearances for Donaldson uh in the first half of that season he hit 153 160 that's one walk folks um and that with a 235 slug and then in the second half of that season 194 plate appearances Donaldson went 290 356 489 with the eight bombs and that's when you jumped on board and said you know what you want to take a shot on this guy there's some pop here he's going to play in Oakland bam all of a sudden, he hits 24 homers, 93 ribs that season, 301 average. The average came down, as a lot of folks expected, in 2014, but the power was still there and actually added a little bit to it. And then this year, it just all came together. You, you put those skills in a park that can exploit them, and it's absolutely been amazing I mean, I for took him. him. I took him in 2013 Tout Wars for $10. Ironically, I spent 11 bucks on Jeff Kepinger that year. Uh, hey, so we, we loved <laughs> Jeff Kepinger for a while. I, I'll, I'll, we'll eat that one. Oh, but I also I also spent twelve dollars on Chris Carter that year too, and I'm I'm sure that would that worked out. It worked. He's, it ended up been... working out. So you know, some cheap power was really nice there. So it's just been one of those things where, and this year, especially with the switch in the park, I don't think we could not stop talking about this guy. No. And even though some were saying, "Oh, but he doesn't hit right-handers," he struggled against right-handers. I'm like, I don't care, man. This this ballpark, this couldn't have been a, a better situation for him. And it really, all he's done is crush. He had another home run today, and. Uh, just continues to crush it. So he's up to 31 home runs and 30 doubles. So we're talking about 61 extra base hits. He's got a good shot at 80. I know. And that's insane to think. I mean, imagine being a pitcher trying to get through this lineup. Like, where do that's you get disgusting. a break when you start with Troy Tulowitzki at the top? How is that even fair? Uh, I, I, I don't know how pitchers do it, but yeah. I saw a note. I saw a note on Twitter today. They, um, so they just swept the Yankees, obviously. Uh, they have their next three games, I believe, are all sold out. Or something, I read something where they've got this, this series of games that are completely sold out already. Maybe it's the end of the month, the 29th. The, there's a series against Detroit and then Cleveland, for whatever reason, that weekend sold out. But they have Oakland coming in uh, after just beating the Astros in a walk-off um, just before we started. And then they're playing the Yankees again. So yes, there's, a, there's a chance they could be in first place. By Mm -hmm. the end of the weekend and really having me eat my size 13, Uh, (laughs) really. And then they go on this road trip and then they have a nice uh, home stretch. Then they have this other big road. I mean, they have a road trip in the middle of September, three at Boston, three at New York, four at New York. Three at Atlanta. So you've got, you know, crappy teams on the bookends, but you've got that critical series against the Yankees. And it's good. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be you know, it, a blast. Believe me, I would much rather eat my foot than have the Yankees win the division. I would re- I would I would truly <laughs> you, enjoy eating you did my the foot. Hex. I would do it with hot sauce and no, you did everything. That on purpose, I'd put all the toppings. I, I truly did. You put, uh, it you was put more a like reverse on. mojo. Yeah, you, you 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 thought you were co- you were coming out in public blasting Toronto in the hopes of actually putting a hex on New York. And it's looking like it's working. I actually well, can't. And here's how, here's how good it gets. The Jays end the season with three games at Tampa Bay. Oh. I will be pulling for Tampa Bay to beat the Rays. And if they can win the division, and the Rays are truly out of the playoffs at that point. I will openly be cheering for Toronto. Oh, openly. Yeah. You have my word. 
I, I mean, and I don't blame you either. I, when when it gets down to it and the Tigers are done, then I start rooting for great stories, even if it you know, means the Tigers losing a few games. Honestly, when your team is out of it, you should be not happy but not as uncomfortable with losing because it does improve your draft pick. I, I will say, though, I still sit down every night to watch Tigers game and really hoping that they win, even though they have no shot at anything. Like, I know that, you know, with the – GM move. They're like, oh, we're, we're, we're still in it. And, and the number of games isn't daunting, but I watch that bullpen every single day. And then I just literally laugh out loud at the idea that this team is still in it. It's, it's wow. such a comical notion that this Tigers team could actually Same. be in it. I mean, the Rays are 500. They're exactly 500. And I keep, I, I watch every game and I nitpick at stuff they do. Like the, the loss on Saturday night was painfully stupid. It was a Saturday night, Friday night, Friday night. Could we meld our two favorite teams together? Possibly. That would be fun. Let's talk uh, about some guys. They made this dumb. The, the, what the one point I wanted to make is there was a point where Kevin Kiermaier cut a ball off in left center field, and Lucas Duda was still five steps from third base, and he still scored standing up because oh, wow. Kevin Kiermaier thought he was Derek Jeter and said, I'm going to do a jump throw from left center <laughs> field. And it two hopped into the cutoff, man. So Conforto as the trail runner was able to make it in the second base, who then came around to score the game winning run on the next hit. That's not uh, or, no, two plays later. So it's just one of these things where you look at a guy as much as I love watching Kevin Kiermaier play defense. Sometimes he does some stupid, stupid stuff uh, at times. There's like three games before that. And he had done that same cutoff throw and ran and threw it in, but it was a slower runner. There was nobody coming from second base. It was just trying to stop somebody from getting a single to a double. He just basically gave up the game-tying run. If he had stopped, planted, and made a throw to the cutoff, they had a very good shot at at least one of those runners. They That's could have had their really choice. Bad. Instead, That's they had zero tough. choice, and there goes the game. But it's been it's stuff like that. And then Brad Boxberger. That's All right, been go ahead. Next. Rough too. I actually want to stick with your team real fast. I want to talk about some of these guys um, who are likely to be available in a lot of leagues and you might consider for pickups. Richie Schaefer is somebody that uh, – you know, we, we talked about a while ago. Remember when we were talking about trolling the, the leaderboards of, of the minor leagues? I brought up, hey, this guy, Richie Schaefer, crushing home runs. What do you think of him? Get your thought on him. And you spoke positively about him. So we gave an endorsement for this guy already. And uh, he has not disappointed. Already only four games played. Uh, excuse me. Uh, what is it? Four games played and, and two home runs already. Two, two, two bombs and hitting like 400. I mean, he's not. He hasn't played a ton, but he's already had a couple big games. Um, I don't know if the playing time is going to be there for a lot of mixed leagues. But what do you think of, of, of Schaefer now that you've seen a little bit of him in the majors and he is finally up because he wasn't up when we first spoke about him. Right, he wasn't up. And, and the swing, I mean, he's had some issues. But he didn't strike out today because it was Bartolo Colon. He wasn't going to strike out there. <laughs> uh, but he has. You could tell that there's some swing and miss in his game, but you knew that. He had a home run off a 96-mile-an-hour fastball from Ryan Webb. Uh, Daniel, no, Daniel Webb, I'm sorry, Daniel. Uh, hit one off Daniel Webb uh, to the opposite field. And then today was just a crush shot um, against Cologne. Cologne threw him four straight sliders, and then he threw him a fastball right where the catcher called for it. And he's like, ah, I'm just going to go ahead and hit the crap out of this ball. So, it, yeah, he bombed it out of there. So playing time is really the issue that, that I see. I mean, at worst, he should be playing against left-handed pitchers um, so Loney can sit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, today he was DH because they put Jaso in left field. Uh, Desmond Jennings is on his way back. He could be back this week. So that's going to make the outfield situation. We've, if you've got Kiermaier, because they're going to want to play Kiermaier every day because of the Definitely. defense, even though he just, he, I mean, he's been he hitting at the top of the lineup and he's a little dinged up too. He heard his thumb on a slide on Saturday. Uh, yeah, on Saturday. So that's been a, an issue for him. So um, Jennings is going to cut into that playing time. I believe it's hopefully at this point will be Joey Butler, who's really his playing times kind of disappeared now. Uh, and surprisingly, the Rays offense is taking off since that's happened. Go figure. Uh, so he is uh, his playing time has been marginalized. So I can see him going away and then coming back in September. Oh, we're only talking about going away for two weeks. Uh, so you know that could happen. So I think Schaefer, I don't he's not getting enough playing time to be to be justified for for mixed leagues yeah uh, but a 10 team al yes that's right i have Talk. them in my active lineup in tout wars and a 12 team al yeah i, I i'm looking at getting and i had him active before he got called up because I, I picked him up a few weeks ago when we talked about him and then he was my lineup he was in my lineup over brandon moss this week hey because brandon moss has been sucking wind look how it worked yeah uh no devil magic for him one, one more guy on, on on your favorite team there and then we'll, we'll get into a few of these others here 
Grady Sizemore, man, made that amazing defensive play. Uh, he's got four homers in his last 10 games. What's up with Grady Sizemore? Does he have any viability in what kind of league? I know you mentioned Desmond Jennings on his way back. That could cut into his playing time. But what, what, what's up with Grady Sizemore, a, a one-time super favorite of mine, even when he was playing for um, you know, a rival club in Cleveland? He was just so awesome. I loved watching him play. The stroke looks good. It really does. Uh, and he's hit a couple of – like legitimate bombs and the stroke looks good. I can see him, uh, you know, staying around because they also have Daniel Nava. They picked up this week. So mm-hmm. with, with Sizemore, you could pick him up. Uh, you could let him play against the lefties that Kiermaier shouldn't be. Kiermaier can't hit lefties uh, and he doesn't bunt either. So it's really used. I mean, they've played him against Chris sale um, this week, uh, this kind of, because they had to, there was no other option, but when Jennings comes back, Jennings can play center field and then Sizemore can play a corner outfield uh, or just stick him in left. And it really depends on how they're going to do because Sousa is probably not coming back till the middle of September. So he's out of the picture. So they're just going to kind of mix and match. But um, so again, size more, he's not going to pick up enough at bats, but I, I could play him in a 10 team AL. He is being, he is rostered in 12 team AL and he's rostered in my home 10 team AL league. Now we got somebody who is, is more uh, mixed league viable here. And I was concerned that Washington wouldn't make what I believe is the right decision, but they did. So credit to them. They've moved Doug Fister to the bullpen with the return of Steven Strasburg. And Joe Ross absorbs that spot, uh, continues to stay in the rotation and, uh, and and making them look good all the way. I mean, he hasn't given up more than three earned in any of his starts. Uh, the strikeouts are there. It, it, it is like a more polished version of his brother. I believe we, we said that before when we spoke about him. A 280 mm-hmm. ERA and a .91 whip in his first 45 innings. The only real concern is that he is bumping up against a limit at some point. But right. uh, honestly, who cares about that right now? Don't worry about it. Get the innings while you can. I think he's at least got 35 more innings, which can easily, you know, they can get you upwards of seven starts if they're five and dives. But I think I think they'll let him go six, seven here and there when he's been being really efficient. So it might be closer to five or six starts. But again, who cares? Just enjoy the, the the time while you got it. What do you think of Ross? Because I think he's an all formats pickup right now. I agree. Uh, when you look at, I'm trying to look at his numbers. So, if if you look at the standard rule of thumb is to say that a guy should only go up 20 percent year to year. So that gives him about tw- that would give him 25 more innings. So five more starts. I don't, I don't know what the hard fast number, but the standard rule of thumb is 20% from year to year, especially with a guy of his age. So it wouldn't surprise me if he, even if he is starting, if he is on more of a, like all right, you're a five and diver, whether you're throwing a no hitter or not. Yeah. And that's I, I saw, today the Rays had Blake Snell throwing a no hitter and, triple a and they pulled him after five innings because he's kind of, if you look at the pace he's on, some people are looking at Blake Snell saying, Hey, he's going to come up in the, in September. Uh, no, I, no I don't know. He may come up for the experience to watch from the bench and maybe yes, pitch a game or two, but and get in I mean, he threw inning. last year, last year he threw 115 innings and he's already at 103. Yeah. I, I, I saw a couple of people actually try to sneak pick up Snell, um, in, in some leagues I'm in where he, he is not viable. And I'm like, I, I know what you, I see what you're doing there. I get that he's having an amazing season, but I agree with you on Snell. He's just going to run out of innings. Again, he's got 35, I mean, if I do the 20%, he's got 35 innings left. And that doesn't include today. So he's got 30 innings left. And it's not. And it, the Rays are really hard and fast to that rule. Exactly. They're not going to massage things and wiggle them. They don't have to. It's not like Snell got them to this point or something like that. That's where it gets sneaky with the, the Mets guys and somebody like Ross is that they're being such big contributors already. It is tough when you get those limits. But, you know, Snell has barely pitched above AAA, only uh, 14 innings. So they have no incentive to rush him up or anything like that. All right, Jason, I want to jump on the other end of the, the spectrum age-wise and probably excitement-wise, but, he, but this, this guy's pitching really well, so i got to get your take and see if he's somebody that you want to stream uh, or at least get in the only leagues. It's John Neese. It's a, you know the, the venerable John Neese, if you will. Health has been an issue for him throughout his career. Uh, he mm-hmm. doesn't really pitch very long, but when he's pitching, he's usually pretty darn effective. Over his last 11 starts, now he's got a 278 ERA after a 442 in his first 10 starts. So I think his first 10 starts were were not indicative of who he was. I think he's better than that, but probably not as good as these last 11. You know, for the last four years now, he's kind of lived between 340 and 371 for his ERA. The strikeouts aren't really huge. What I compared him to recently is a uh, uh, NL version of Mark Burley. Um, sure. In, in terms of the statistical profile and being a lefty, 
what kind of value does that have to you, John Neese? Uh, is it mixed league at all? Deep league? No. Deep mixed league? So NL only? Yeah, I think it is because when you look at these last 11 starts, uh, there's only three wins in there. And three wins in 11 starts, that's really tough to carry in a mixed league. I know it's no Shelby Miller who can't <laughs> buy a win to save his life. In his last 15 now? Yeah, he's it's over criminal. his last 15. But when you look at when you look at Nice, I mean, he was 3-2 and two after his sixth start on uh, on May the 9th. And he's now 6-9 and nine here on his 21st start. So that's a... Uh, that's quite a bit of a long. That's that's a number of starts. Fourteen starts and four wins. Yeah. Now maybe uh, the 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 newly constructed offense. Fifteen can starts. Help him. I'm sorry. Maybe the offense will help him a little bit there. But, well, maybe. Uh, but I mean, he's had he's had three wins since the start of July. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. I think you make a great point there, and I don't think you can bank on the offense to be some sort of juggernaut. I just think that they go from from poor to capable. Um, I, I think it was a bad offense before these new additions, and now that you're adding these guys, other guys are getting going. Maybe David Wright goes on a rehab and comes back, so that that can help. But I, I, I hear you. I think maybe maybe you could stream a, a, in a deeper mix if it was if if, it, if there's a lot of streaming going on. I can't imagine that even in like a 15 team mix, he's the top stream option. So uh, I think you kind of let your league dictate that. But NL only is I think he's somebody that uh, I don't mind having in there. I want to move over to a couple of Oakland A's who, who've really been uh, become buzzy players because of what they're doing since getting there. One came via trade last year, and one came via trade very recently. And it's Chris Bassett and Aaron Brooks. Let's talk about Bassett, who today went six and two thirds, a one-run ball against the Astros with ten strikeouts, three hits, just two walks. You know, and I talked about both these guys, and um, you know. Uh, earlier this week, but I want to get your thoughts now. Another big start from Bassett. He's looked really good with them in the rotation, and now a couple of uh, decent strikeout games. Actually, more than decent, big strikeout games. Seven uh, in seven innings last time, ten in six and two-thirds today. What's the Astros today? That's true, and uh, Baltimore before that, and you know, the, the three great starts in a row have all been at home, but uh, his two on the road have been at San Francisco and Cleveland, you know, workable parks, but he's been great. He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs and he only did that once in his seven starts since joining the rotation. So where are you at on Chris Bassett? He's been a hound of late. Uh, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, this time of year, I, I can't say how many times I say it, it's all about counting categories. And if you need a starting pitcher, like, you know, he's not available in Tout Wars tonight. Matt no. Boyd is. I'm bidding on Matt Boyd because I, you know, I, I got that that hot steaming mess, Cody Anderson, out of my lineup. Thankfully, <sighs> he got thankfully hurt. he wasn't in my lineup this week. I finally remembered to pull him out because I That's forgot good. to do it last week. So I yanked him out. Now, now he's hurt. So I was able to disable, put him on the disabled list and keep my bench because otherwise I was going to have to reserve him. I would have flat out cut him. But uh, so that. You know, if the guy's going to be striking out this, the strikeout rate is the last three starts. I mean, Cleveland is not a terrible swing and miss team, but he got six and seven against Baltimore and Cleveland, a 10 against the Astros. I'm going to call that the outliers simply because it's the Astros. Sure. But this is still this is still tolerable uh, if he's going to be in the rotation every fifth day. You know, again, he got the he got the win um, his last time out. He didn't. He got a no decision today. Uh, and he had, took, he had taken a loss in three of his previous four starts. But, it, I mean, he pitched well. Two runs. He only gave up three earned runs in the, in the uh, loss against Cleveland, even though he struck out six. He just has got no run support. One, four, one, one. And uh, got, got the win last time out. Got run support today, but it came late. Yeah, absolutely. That that's the thing that came late for him today. Uh, you know, and I talked about him. We, you know, labeled him a bad fastball guy, and so you got to work with other things. But that this is a place where you can have success with a bad fastball, obviously in Oakland. Let's shift over to Aaron Brooks. He's a guy who uh, came over from from the Royals in the Ben Zobris deal. Was never really treated as a, as a huge prospect. I think he would kind of find the back end of KC lists, depending on the outlet that you were looking at. But he's jumped right in their rotation in August here and, and pitched two gems, seven and a third in the first one and a seven innings in the, in the second one, one run in each of them, 12 total strikeouts, nine total hits, one total walk. It's been really nice for Aaron Brooks. Um, what do you think of him? Because I, I don't have a lot of experience with him coming into this season. I've, I've been checking out, uh, checking him out since these last two starts. I kind of like a, a lot of what I see. And any time you have a guy in that park, I'm more inclined to take a chance because it can cover a lot of mistakes. Multi-sport star, too. 
Yes, uh, he played football very well, and he was he was black for that, and he was black for when he played basketball too. You might not recognize him because he changed to a white person this time. So not so only the anti soul man, multi sport and multi race, and that's impressive. You know, I. I, I just didn't know that you could do that, but Aaron Brooks has proven that. We just got to get him into hockey, and uh, we'll see if that, that can come to pass after his baseball career. Yeah, Aaron knows baseball. Aaron knows football. Aaron knows uh Yeah, everyone basketball. talks about that Bo Jackson guy. He played two sports. We got Aaron Brooks now playing three sports, a really good quarterback, so it fits that he's a pretty solid pitcher, and was a pretty dope point guard for a few years. So I'll color me impressed. Aaron Brooks. Right. The only star. reason I have any inkling of interest in this guy is because he pitches for Kansas City. You mean Oakland? Oakland. I'm yeah, sorry. They got him from Kansas City. That, sorry. Then I have zero. And I'm sorry. I missed that part of it because you can tell how much I care about Aaron Brooks. Um, when, you, when you look, when you look through, this is a guy that has allowed. Oh, let me do my math. 61, 83 more hits and in innings pitched throughout his career. That's not good. That's, That's a lot of pitching to contact. If he was still in Kansas City. If they had not traded him away to Oakland, I would have at least been interested to stream him with that defense. Not well, so much in Oakland. Yes, yeah, I, I, that, that's where I knew where you were going there when you said the KC bid because obviously that defense in Oakland has been part of the reason that they've been so poor this year despite some otherwise good numbers. However, he is a fly ball type. I don't think their outfield has been quite as wretched, and I do like that park. So I do still have some interest here. These two starts might be misleading you folks if you, if you think you're going to get this kind of quality. I don't think so. But I do believe that Aaron Brooks can be one of those quality uh, Oakland types, like we're talking about with a Chris Bassett, who, you know, benefits mostly by pitching in that ballpark and, and, and utilizing it to his advantage. Now, that, that means you only stream him at home. Then that's fine. But for me, uh, I'm, I'm taking a shot on Brooks here and Bassett and, and seeing what I can get from them because I think I can get some quality innings. Agreed. All right, let's move on. Talk more, about more on the, more on the uh, Bassett side than the Brooks side, obviously. Yes, uh, I, I, I get what well, I definitely gathered that. Uh, okay. Let's talk about two hitters here. One, one um, I really like, and one I'm really torn by because I used to like him, and and it's I, I don't know if I, I think I'm going to get suckered again just because I always do. But let's talk about Jonathan Scope first because this dude has been crushing the ball since returning from the disabled list he's got a 906 ops with five bombs and 92 plate appearances that doesn't even include whatever he did today if anything i actually didn't look uh but but scope's been killing it since coming back really impressed with uh with, with what he's been able to do we've always seen you know last year he basically only had power he was kind of selling out for power he had 16 homers with his 209 average and 481 plate appearances um, but this year, you know, hitting the ball much better, a lot more even approach, and and the results have been there so far. But obviously, the time missed has really stunted his season. He's only played 36 total games. Where are you mm-hmm. at on 23-year-old Jonathan Scope? Um, more of a long-term play than a short-term. I know he's been crushing it of late, and I see the potential when I see him play. Uh, you know, free swinger, but when he he can put the charge into the baseball. Uh, one of those types of guys. I still like him more long term. I think he's still too much swing in that can get really hot or really cold in that kind of deal. So for the rest of the season, yeah. But, but in the keeper league, I, I'd still very much like to have him on my team. I think that's completely fair with regards to you know he can get in a cold snap pretty quickly. Twenty two percent strikeout rate is not crazy is down from his 25 last year uh but only three percent walk rate so he's up there swinging there trying to do damage um i would definitely look to add him and, and see what we can get this year but if it does hit that one of those big cold snaps you can kind of move on from him um unless you're in a keeper but yeah the more desirable piece would be for a keeper um i'll be excited to see what he can do with a full season hopefully next year he's able to stay healthy i think it was a takeout slide that that did him in earlier this year um so that, you know, boo for, boo for takeout slides on uh, ruining his season, basically. Oh, but it's part of baseball. Oh, yeah. It, that was a good old man imitation there. It was oh, re- God, really impressive. No, I, I don't understand. And I, I notice them very much these days. And, and they just seem so overly and you unnecessarily vicious. You would think like would be, uh, you know, because Manny Machado did it against the Rays earlier this year after he got hit by know, somebody, Alex Colomay, threw something. He, I mean, he could barely throw a strike, <laughs> and he hit him, and, and Machado got all bent out of shape and then Weird. slid about 89 and a half feet 
um, down the line uh, and way through the bag. But you would think a guy whose career almost got derailed by getting taken out in this, uh, you know, with a knee injury, uh, you know, the way he, the way his leg was hurt, you would think he'd be a little more sensitive to that. But no, you you would you would think that, but that but alas, no. And and he seems to get angry pretty quickly, so I'm not surprised that he took he took that hit by pitch out. I'm uh, trying to do a takeout slide. Yeah, they just seem so overly vicious. And and I'm not saying you gotta put padding on everything and, and, and baby up games. But you can't tell me that that is, is a necessary play in the game. There are ways to break it up, you know, without being, I don't know, just some of them seem so egregious, I guess, is, is really the problem I have. But uh, let's right. move on to Dom Brown, who uh, is, is the one I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to get suckered on again just because I had such a soft spot for him for, for several years and it just – didn't work out you know i stayed long beyond that expiration date uh, <clears throat> hoping hoping that don brown would become something i i quote it regularly it's it's changed now because he's hit a few homers but that big giant may that he had what was it two years ago uh represents like 33 percent of his of his career home run totals one month yep. and uh you know Mr. That, may 2012 yeah that really speaks to what we're talking about with don brown but he's doing some things since coming back showing a little bit of pop running a little bit um how much stock do you put into it uh no i was just talking with our friend seth about this because he's always trying to trade for don brown and i'm always just like why why? And then for the last two weeks, Don Brown has actually been productive. Yeah. And again, we've, we've seen him be productive for a month and then just shut it down for the last two and a half years uh, you know, with the way that thing's going. So I, I refuse to be suckered in again. I really do. Yeah, I think I think that's the right move. I definitely do. Um, I haven't picked him up anywhere. I, I, I probably will just be rooting from afar. Um, and, and, and if he happens to kick bud and somebody picks him up, then by all means, great. But uh, this was a guy I kept saying, you know, change, I, I bought into the change of scenery thing. I'm like, you know, he just needs to get out of there. And maybe that would have worked. Obviously, it never happened. So we don't know if that would have spurred him at all. But after that big 2013, uh, that big May, they said, now, well, now we got to keep this guy. And maybe they should have move that hot potato as quickly as they could because he's been a nightmare. He had 27 homers in that 2013 season. He's got 14 since. Um, not good. Not good for Don Brown. Jason, is there any other guys out there right now that uh, that have caught your eye that might be available that you have any interest in talking about right now? Or it doesn't have to be potential waiver ads, just anybody that's striking your fancy right now. I'm trying. There's a couple of guys that I've watched of late. And I'm like, hey, and I'm just trying to remember who they were. Um I wrote a piece. I wrote a Lucas Duda piece up just about how insane he's been at RotoWire. It should be going live tomorrow, uh, talking about where he's tightened up his strike zone and, and really, you know, driving the ball. And we talked about him last week in depth mm-hmm. and how insane that's been for him. Been uh, it really has. I, I'm trying to. No, not honestly, not really. There hasn't been too many. I watched White Sox play this week. I've watched the Mets play this week. Um, well, you mentioned somebody. Uh, or you mentioned something in passing that relates to somebody. You mentioned that Oakland won with a walk-off shot. You know who did that damage? Oh, yeah, Danny Valencia, the guy that doesn't hit the, right-handed pitching. The the DFA guy. Uh, and, and you know, I kind of get it that ter- it, it does kind of speak to Toronto's uh, how stacked they are more than anything else. I, I, I don't know that it was necessarily a completely wrong move. I don't know who else they could have could have DFA'd to kind of get that done. But they had to, they had to DFA Danny Valencia, who – has been raking this year. Well, now he joins Oakland and of course gets sprinkled with some of their devil magic and has three straight multi-hit games, including the walk-off homer today. He's got two homers. He's slugging 545. I guess the thing was, was, um, you know, they couldn't find a way to move him. They made the, they made those deals. They couldn't add him in there somewhere, uh, to maybe get, get something better back. I, I, I don't know. It just seems weird that, that they had the DFA, Danny Valencia did Toronto, and he ends up, you know, now now going to Oakland. We'll see what, if he continues to hit. But this dude was raking. You, you don't think they could have gotten something for him? Yeah, I mean, you would think. I guess he tried to the, tried to move him. And said, okay, let's put him out there. And I was hoping the Rays would claim him, but he never made it to them. Uh, you know, when you look at maybe that balances out the uh, the Josh Donaldson from Brett Laurie trade. Maybe that, if you look at it for Laurie, really <laughs> Laurie and Valencia for Donaldson, maybe it's like, oh, okay, that trade doesn't suck so bad now. Yeah, um, somebody t- 
Susan Slusser had tweeted something about um, Chris Bassett saying, you know, he's a gift wrapped for us. Uh, no idea how he, he got DFA'd. And then I was reading her responses that she got, and and one of them said, yeah, it's it's trying. They're trying to make up for uh, for Bringer of Rain 20, which is of course Josh Josh Donaldson's handle. Maybe if they DFA Marcus Strillin and the A's pick him up, then it'll be even. Then it might start <laughs> to get too close to even. By the way. What do you think about Strowman eyeballing uh, some sort of September return? Are you out there picking no. him up, trying to stash him on your DLs at all? No. Don't rain on my parade, Jason. That's going to no. save my seasons. No. Yeah, just like Derek Holland coming back in Tout Wars is going to save my season. Um, is, Drew, is Drew Smiley going to come back, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, the, the good news is that you know he's been hitting 93 and not complaining about shoulder soreness. Nice. That's very nice. Now, that said, I think he's going to be – I think he'll come up and he's going to be on some limitations when he comes up. But, okay. you know, I don't even know if he comes in the rotation. Where do you put him right now? They're on a four-man rotation. I mean, they, they do need a fifth starter here again at some point. But Matt Andrees continues to pitch well down in the minor leagues for them. And there's – you know, if, if you're looking at it, again, if you think you are a contender – you know, do you call both of them up and you make and you make uh, Smiley the long man because uh, Andres continues to pitch well, you, and you look at it, you're like, okay, them? do you tandem possibly? Andres and Smiley? They're the team possibly, that would try he struck something out, like that. He struck out in his last outing, which was uh, yesterday. Struck out 11 batters in six innings. That's Smiley. Um, got strike. This is no. This is uh, Andres. Andres. Okay. He has struck out. He has allowed. Um, Earn runs zero one zero four one one. I mean, since he's been sent down, that that's was since he was sent down, and he that's struck out strong. seven 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 three six and eleven, and has allowed one home run. Yeah, he only had the one the one bad outing, uh, you know, where he allowed the four earned runs that you mentioned, eleven hits, only the three strikeouts too. So it was all kind of confined. Any bad number you heard there was all confined to that one game at Gwinnett. The rest are are one or zero earned run gems with a ton of strikeouts. That's impressive. Forty-one strikeouts, four walks, seven earned runs over six starts. That's one eighty nice. ERA, two fifty-six batting average against, two seventy-five on base, and a three hundred eight slug. So the Rays still fancy themselves in this, then. They're five hundred. And, and, the, and they're four August. games out. They, not... they kind of have to. They're only I'm... two two and a half out. They kind of I have agree. to. I, I'm I still being. I'm, I'm hoping my reverse. Uh, maybe maybe it's Toronto and the Rays have a one game playoff. And oh. the Rays get destroyed eighteen to three, but uh, at least they you know, get there. Yeah, at least they'd be there. You know, they're, uh, they're because nobody back. thought they, they would have be. To. You're 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 right. I mean, um, I just when I watch them play some nights, I'm like, that. Why aren't they better? And then honestly, the very next night, I can watch them and be like, how they how they won this many games? They they go. <laughs> Guardrail the guardrail for me more than any club I think that I watch with a, with a modicum of regularity and I like a lot of the Tampa Bay starters so I end up flipping to their games you know on the iPad Archer if I'm watching the Tigers on the computer. What's that? Not for, how about Archer walking four batters in the second inning? Yeah, what was that? And then and then of course in, in Archer fashion still having a gem. I mean that was, that was still. Stuff. A, a quality start there and it was a baseline I think right it was the six and three, but that's you know when you bounce back like that. That almost, that almost makes it sweeter to me. I, th- I thought that was a really strong people rebound. Were blaming, from people were blaming the umpire strike zone, and I, for, I, I'll give you this: I didn't watch the game until until after he came out. But you know, that said, you walk the ninth play, you walk Kevin Plowicki. You had been on first and second, and you walk him on five pitches. Why are you even painting to Kevin Plowicki? That's true. That's true. I mean, maybe he, you know, maybe he's trying to get those more in the zone and missing. My buddy, who is a diehard Mets fan actually said something similar though he said you could argue that he's getting squeezed so maybe there were there were a few close ones but uh to your point just be more aggressive even if you got to take a little something off make kevin polecki put it into play the dude's got a 228 283 296 line he's almost certainly not going to hurt you you take your chances there and you don't walk that guy so I, yeah I, I get that so you walked those first four uh was that in the first inning or the second second inning second inning and that's where you gave up all three runs you walk Uribe as part of it. Now that's tough to do. Now Uribe is a damn damn fine player and, and a quality hitter, but walking is not something that he does very often. He he's up there looking to hack. So yeah, I I, I didn't see Archer's all, all four of his walks. I actually ended up catching more of the good end because uh, I was watching a lot of the MLB tonight where they're bouncing around. So 
I love that though. I love starts like that. That, that that's a true mark of an ace to me. When you do have issues like that, and and that's an easy inning to implode and end up with a three inning start where you go, you know, 85 pitches in three innings and you're done or something crazy like that. No, he rebounded, uh, had four more great innings, ends up with 10 strikeouts and and salvages a hell of a game there. Didn't get the W because scoring was late for the Rays, but uh, nice work by Chris Chris Archer. He's absolutely ridiculous. How high is he on your list of of starters right now? Top, because ever since that awesome run, he's been a little inconsistent, especially with pitch counts. That's really been the trouble. He's been piling up some high pitch counts after that awesome run. Back to what you're saying earlier, you know, about about the painting. I think that's a lot of times what happens when he gets – uh, when when his, when the pitch counts get elevated, maybe I'm wrong because you do watch him more often. But when I what I notice is that he does get caught painting, where he's where he's really trying to get those close calls, he's not getting them, and we're getting a lot of full counts, and we're getting a lot of you know foul fouled off here, eight pitch, seven pitch at bat type of stuff. Yeah, it's fastball command is really where it struggled. Uh, so like lately, it's when he falls behind, he catches back up with his slider. Okay, because it's still such a nasty pitch, but the it's fastball so dirty. command. It's not where it was, but he was when he was on a roll, man. He was just like Rivera's going to set up here. He's putting it right there. You didn't see the catcher's glove move too much. And nowadays, it's you know he's not locating well. I still love Chris Archer. He's great. I uh, my he's still a phenomenal he's... human being. I love listening to yes. him talk. He's just sometimes watching him pitch. I'm like, you have two plus plus pitches. Stop screwing around. He does get cute sometimes, because I I, I find myself thinking something similar where I'm like. You're so good. Why do you ever struggle? Ever? Like, why do you have 12 hit, nine earned runs against KC? And I know KC's better this year, but come on. Get real, man. And, you know, he has, he has a lull every once in a while. You're, the inconsistency you're talking about, there's a couple five earned run outings in there. But uh, it's still been mostly great. I, I I think I would stand by that that 13 rank that I gave him in the midseason uh, rank. Yeah, I think we talked uh, two weeks ago. I think I said about 13th, and it just kind of yeah. worked. So I, I, th- I think that totally works. Anyway, that will wrap up our show, Jason. Um, oh, hey, I did want to make a point. Uh, we, we were talking about how hot Carlos Gonzalez was. I wanted to end on, on the other end of that note. Let's take uh, let's guess over the last 30 days, uh, the bottom five batters in terms of weighted on base average. Get, just guess who they might be. Yeah, give me a few names and I'll say yes or no. Um, let's see. Is Goldschmidt down there? I know he's struggling. No. Maybe not that much. Um. I'm really bad. At I'll this. give you an, I'll give you a hint. Two of these guys were super hot as of two months ago. Uh, two guys who were super hot. What well, was an all-star? Not Nelson. Oh, Steven Vogt. It's got to be on yep. there. Steven Vogt is, is 207. 207. He's the fourth worst weighted on base average over the past month. That's unbelievable. It's so – it's really rough. What's going? You think he's just nicked, like super nicked and, and uh, just playing? Honestly, he's never been a full-time player. And now all of a sudden he's in there every single day. And catching, too. And catching. It's wearing his ass out. Um, is Frazier one of them? I know he's struggling. No. Um, and you, So you only said one all-star, so I keep guessing I mentioned all-stars. one of these guys earlier. Said he was on my bench this week. Moss. Yes. Moss is the second worst at 198. Starling Castro. Number one. Oh, 167. Yeah. The other two are uh, Adam LaRoche and uh, Jimmy Paredes. Wouldn't have gotten those because I actually thought LaRoche was coming out of it. And so I guess I had no, that perception horrendous. wrong. He looks terrible. Um, and then who did you say, Paredes? Yeah, Paredes has yeah. been pretty low since his uh, since his big run, right? He had- uh, Yeah, Paredes is currently a 214, but we all saw – I mean, you had to see this yes. coming with Paredes. I think we talked about it. We're like, nope, sell. No, I've had people I, trying to give me Paredes. I'm like, nope. No, I, I think I think that was one that we did get right. Well, maybe too. I did pick him up in a D. I think a guy I'm going to throw in, in in my home league, the one that I was going to punt. And I'm like, oh wait a second, I can make a run. I'm not going to punt. I picked did him I pick up in a league because uh, of his positional capability. I thought he had some some and and so he's been sitting on the bench in that league for I can't tell you how long at this point. Uh, you can just do the first half, second half with him. It really crystallizes what we're talking about. 807 OPS in the first half. 492 in the second half, uh, just looking month by month. Probably makes it worse, though. 1169. Uh, that's only nine games in April, though. 755, 835, and then 536, and just 400 so far in this month. So, uh, mm. anyway, I think that's time to get out. Uh, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I do not. Um, 
unless we've we, unless you guys haven't talked about the uh, the base, baseball HQ forums in uh, Arizona. Oh no, we haven't mentioned that. We, I think we people missed the should. discount. There was a discount at the end of uh, August, but I think there's still a slight discount if I people think there is uh, too. sign up now. If you, I think you have to sign up before the middle of this month or the end of this month to get it. Yeah, Baseball HQ forums. Uh, Jason and I will be there. It's in Arizona. It's it's not on Halloween weekend this time. So if you're a parent oh. and, and that that has hampered you in the past, it is November 5th through 8th. And it is an amazing, amazing time. I, I honestly can't speak highly of it enough. I started going as a as – a, uh, what, 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 what am I saying here? Not, not a, a participant, if you will. And, and now being a speaker is awesome. It's, it's so great to, to have made the transition. Eno will be there. You will be there. Doug Thorburn will be there. Um, and that's just, I'm just talking about people that very closely related to my work. In addition to guys like, uh, Jeff Erickson, Derek Van Riper, uh, Eric Carabell, Joe Sheehan, Todd Zola, Tons. I mean, it, it's it's the best, and and it comes at a perfect time. It's a little bit after the World Series, and then you're you're you have that immediate withdrawal, and you're in the fetal position in the bathtub, scratching your arm, um, and you know around How's around how other stupid sport starts. It, it was started uh, tonight. Stupid sport. It, it, I was talking to Derek Van Riper too, as I mentioned him, um, about how it's already forcing its way in because he's having football commitments that are kind of pushing some stuff for him on baseball. And he, he's like, yeah, it just he wishes that it, it, there wasn't so much overlap. And thankfully, I, I, I've, I'm not as rabid about football anymore. So I still play. I still stay pretty full baseball up until the time that it's done. But then, I, you know, I do get into football. I'm not going to pretend I don't like it. I just used to be way more diehard. And now now I let baseball run its course. And then I kind of jump on football for the winter. But uh, I'll, I'll still be doing my fantasy football drafts. It, it's still fun to play fantasy football, especially since I do live drafts. And that, that's the only way I'll do it now. I'll, yeah, I got to do mine on. I got to do one on the computer back with some guys in Florida. And um, then I'm trying to get the local, the one we had local here. Because there's a lot, for whatever reason, there's a lot of football people here in Charlotte. There's a couple of guys that write for footballguys.com. Oh, um, nice. John Halpin. John Halpin lives here, so Fox Sports has got some stuff. Um, Sporting News has got some stuff. So it's like all of a sudden we had this league last year that uh, the Rasball guys put together, and all of a sudden we had like a 14-team league, and it was fun. We got together and drafted at one of the uh, sports bars here, and it was fun. And talking to Michael Rathburn, I'm like, dude, we got to put that league together again this year. You know, try yeah, to get that's... 14 more people. It was fun. See, that's Let's sweet. do it again. Uh, so I would like to do another, another live draft. But I, I just hate the overlap because now I can't listen to, you know, it, all the fantasy sports radio shows are football, football, yep. football, football, football. And I notice it because I know, I know you get calls. Like all of that's a sudden – I'm only getting calls and it's like, oh, hey, now we're going to talk about baseball and then it's gone. Yep. And, and it, it dries up and especially on the uh, on the serious side of it. And I get it because, you know, the, the 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 same phenomenon that you're talking about makes the back end of the winter the best time on serious because they do spend a lot of that that February time talking fantasy baseball leading yes. into, you know, they do the industry drafts and then obviously into March. So it's the same phenomenon there that I'm sure football people are like, you know, or, or hoops people, I guess, because football is done at, at that point too. They're probably right. wanting they, to get talked about. And it's like, nope, time to ramp up baseball. But, yeah. uh, but you, you can know. go, the, the, if you go to the baseball HQ, there's a nice uh, big uh, fat icon on the middle right of the screen. It says first pitch Arizona. Um, the rising stars game is that weekend. And that's typically why it's always, we've always had this earlier because we wanted to be there for that game. And this yes. year, for whatever reason, that game is really late. So Probably we get this of Halloween as well, right? Wouldn't it be? Cause isn't it the weekend before? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Halloween I, is the week is a Saturday before. And you know, the, the game's always pretty much sold out. Yeah. Uh, but I just happen to look and I'm like, Oh, Hey, we're not going to miss, we're not going to miss the rising stars game. That's awesome. No, no. So it's, it, it's, it's great. Yeah. We got off on that tangent about football. Although if you do like football, there's a lot of football fans there too. And we end up watching games oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, on that Saturday night and that Sunday afternoon. So it's, it's really just a great time. I honestly can't recommend it enough. It's something, if it's something that you can afford and, and you're, you're, baseball diehard it's great to get out there watch guys you know it, it's fun to see the the stars that we know are going to happen like a mike trout a buster posey we, we saw those guys there but it's it's really fun to, to find that next level guy who you might know a little bit about but then when you get eyes on him you can really make a decision that like that, i said how many times did we say it? we were just walking around talking with a scout mookie Betts, best player out here exactly get him on and, your fantasy teams because a guy knew we played fantasy 
also found uh, Brian Dozier in the fall league. I watched him. I ended up, for whatever reason, the way the schedule worked, I, it was the year that I went for a, a full week, so I was there before the, the conference. I saw three games of his, and he was just great and all of them. I'm like, that guy's a little bit of a player. And so then you see him come up in the in the draft several months later, and, and you know a little something about him. You take a shot, and, and the, the lottery ticket ends up paying off. So I, I can't recommend it enough. It's so great. I'm sure all the best prospects will be there again this year. Although maybe not Corey Seager because he was there last year. And guys don't usually repeat. But yeah, Baseball HQ, I'll actually put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, could, not, could not recommend it. Yeah, I've already got my trip. My trip's booked. I get there. I want to say I get in like 10 o'clock in the morning on that 5th. Okay. Yeah, I'd leave I'll try here to get in that. Dawn. I'm, leaving, I'm leaving Charlotte at 540 in the morning. And I got a connecting flight through Atlanta or, yes, through Atlanta. And I get in at 1030 into I'll, Phoenix. So I will do that. be... I will be at the uh, – the, which Scottsdale is a closer one? Peoria at Scottsdale. Yeah. The, and then I there's think, a night game. It'll be uh, – yeah, it'll be a midday game that you'll be able to go to. And then the night game, there's usually a night game that, that night as well that we have the, the first meeting where everyone kind of gets together and you start reintroducing yourself to folks and having a great time. It, it, it's insane. We'll, we'll keep talking more about it as, as it gets closer because the rosters will come out and maybe we'll do some hype on, on, on who to watch for and stuff like that. But, yeah, yes. if you can afford it, I totally recommend it. If you already get the forecaster every year, it comes with, with your – you know, so you're basically buying the forecaster with, with – the registration, as well as the minor league baseball analyst, which is basically just a minor league version of the baseball forecaster. It's just too much fun to to describe um, in less than five hours. And I don't have five hours, Jason. I have to go. So um, we'll be back next week. Until then, take care. All right, see you, bud. Bye.